2: Hello everyone and welcome to the first ever Jesus Stories podcast. I'm George Taylor, your storyteller, and this is of course episode one. Tell me the
0: story of Jesus right on my heart every word. Tell me the story of spirit. That was what are
2: Jesus stories? Well, in a quick summary, it's a retelling of the life of Jesus. Why do this? Well, I mean, you can read the story for yourself in the Bible or in some other books, perhaps. But there are several reasons. First, I am a follower and believer in Jesus Christ. And in talking with some people and listening to the culture, it is clear to me that Jesus is probably the most misunderstood figure of all earthly time. His name is used flippantly as a curse, his personality is besmirched, and his actions misunderstood. He is called to task for things that are not any of his doing, and in short, he is not taken seriously as a figure for whom honor and respect is due. I may not be able to do anything about this in the overall culture. However, if I can help to correct the record in the minds of a few, I'll be happy. Now, how will I do this? In this podcast, I will retell the stories of Jesus in simple English, as any storyteller would do. I will help to clarify and understand the culture in which Jesus lived. In short, I am hoping to bring Jesus into this 21st century in a lively and interesting fashion. I'll not attempt to draw lessons out of his life and sayings. I'll leave the lessons up to you, and I'll leave the conclusions up to you. Although, I'm thinking about offering my observations and lessons to you for a very small fee. You'll have to let me know if you'd be willing to support such an effort. However, some parables may require some further explanation. Where will I draw the material on Jesus' life from? I will focus mainly on the Scriptures, the Bible, to find the information on Jesus' life. Why that material? Well, there are two main reasons— Two of the Gospels, Matthew and John, are written by men who knew Jesus. They were part of his three-year ministry from beginning to end. Mark was written from the reflections of a man who also was part of Jesus' ministry from beginning to end. Luke is the only Gospel written by a third party from third-party observations. And secondly, these writers' works were completed very soon after the death of Jesus. While Mark is probably the first written of the Gospels, the last written was completed somewhere in the last 30 years of the first century A.D. No other authors have compiled biographies of Jesus in this time frame of less than 100 years after his death. To retell stories that have been told by the friends who knew him best, who were willing to tell the events they saw and how they were affected, should give us an accurate and real portrait of Jesus. There are so many Jesus stories with up to four versions of each story, so how will I pull all of these together? I'm going to rely on some amazing work done by theologian F. Lagarde Smith. He and Harvest House publishers pulled together a daily Bible in chronological order. While no one is 100% sure of the chronology of Jesus' life, I will depend on the work of Smith to get us close. And while I will not necessarily be citing all the scriptures that I will use on this podcast verbally, I will give you those references in the show notes each week. Be sure to check them out and verify what I'm saying to you. And by the way, if you find anything that isn't right, you let me know. I'll be sure to fix it. We'll begin in just a moment. These Jesus stories come to you because of your support and your encouragement. A few of you have reached out with encouraging words and even prayer requests. Thank you for your words. Thank you for allowing us to pray for you and your situation. You can do the same by visiting the website, JesusStories.info, and click on the Talk to Us tab in the menu. If you'd like to support this podcast, I encourage you to start by telling someone anyone about these episodes. Our social media links are on the website, JesusStories.info. You can share those links with your friends and contacts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you'd like to support us financially, click on the Support This Podcast tab and find the level of support that fits your budget. You can even become a monthly patron through Patreon and hear Jesus Stories extras. Again, click on the Support This Podcast tab in the website, then click on Become a Patron. The website again, JesusStories.info. That's JesusStories.info. For most people, a story about them would start with their birth, right? Well, not so with Jesus. We must go to times before his birth to begin to talk about him. Both Matthew and Luke begin with genealogies of Jesus. Why? Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience for whom ancestry is very important. The Jewish audience is looking for a Messiah, one who is descended from King David, so they have very carefully kept up with their ancestry over time as they have waited for him to come. Matthew obliges his Jewish audience with an ancestry of Jesus, starting with the father of the Jewish world, Abraham. If you run your finger down the list of ancestors, you'll see some familiar Bible names like Abraham, Isaac. Jacob, Judah. You'll find David and Solomon. Plus, you'll see some names you don't know. And you'll find some female names, which you would not expect in a genealogy at this time. Rahab was a prostitute who saved the spies who visited the land of Canaan before the fall of Jericho. Did you get that? Rahab as a prostitute. Ruth was from Moab, a people who had been hostile to the Jewish nation. Luke provides his readers with a genealogy which starts with Mary's father and traces that ancestry all the way back to Adam, the son of God. John goes further back than that. He begins with these words, In the beginning, the word already existed. What's he saying? John defines his terms a little later on. In John chapter 1, verse 14, he says, So the word became human and made his home among us. One of John's main themes is that Jesus is divine, the Son of God. While this is prevalent in all of the Gospels, John is particularly emphatic about this point. So his opening about, quote, the Word, end quote, is speaking of Jesus as the Son of God, and that he was in existence from the beginning of time— Quote, "He existed in the beginning with God end quote. So Jesus' beginnings go back to before the beginning per John, to God per Luke, to Abraham per Matthew. Tied to the story of Jesus is the story of John the Baptist. Luke tells us more of John's story than any other. We find that John's parents are a priest named Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. They are devout people, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments. They were old and childless. and This story is set in a time when Herod was king over Judea. This is a tough time to be living in Israel. Herod is a paranoid dictator prone to killing anyone, and I do mean anyone, who he thought would be getting in his way. This included his family. In fact, one of the Roman Caesars said that it was safer to be Herod's pig than a member of his family. It was no fun living in Israel back then. Furthermore, there had been no word from God for God's people for over 400 years. The final words were ones of hope and promise, and then nothing, nothing. Now, Zechariah, remember John the Baptist's father, was a priest on duty in the temple of God one day. He had been chosen to enter the sanctuary to burn incense, and while in there, an angel appears to him. Now, let's stop right there for a moment. What would you do if an angel appeared before you? In every instance in the Scriptures, we find that the presence of angels instills fear in the individual who sees the angel. Zechariah is no different. The angel seeks to calm him with the words, Don't be afraid. Then he delivers an amazing message. Let me read it directly from the Scriptures Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God." He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. That's Luke chapter 1, verses 13 through 17. Again, let's stop and do some explaining. This angel has just told Zechariah that he's going to be a father even though he and his wife are old. This is reminiscent of the great patriarch the Jews revered, Abraham, and his wife, Sarah. The son will be great before God. He is never to touch wine or alcoholic drinks. This is similar to a special vow that some Jews took, called a Nazarite vow. This vow sets these people apart for God's use in a special way. The son is compared to Elijah one of Israel's great prophets. A prophet who stood up against a wicked king and queen of Israel, even though it could have cost him his life. And as we will see, this son will be compared to, and even called, Elijah. The angel's words echo the words which God had last spoken to his people 400 years earlier. Zechariah would know these words. God had said in the Old Testament book of Malachi, chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Then, look at the mission God has given him. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. These are the words that have been spoken to Israel, words which Zechariah would know by the prophet Isaiah. These words are quoted by Mark. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way, for the Lord is coming. Clear the road for him. Now, that's an amazing calling. So amazing that Zachariah has his doubts. How can I know that this is for real? He asks the angel. I am old. So is my wife. The angel identifies himself as Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and is the deliverer of God's message to Zechariah. Since you don't believe, he says, you will be silent until the child is born. You won't be able to speak. All this takes a little longer than the usual burning of incense takes. The crowd outside the sanctuary is waiting for Zechariah to come out and wondering what's taking so long. And when he does come out he cannot talk. and Through his gestures, they believe he has seen a vision. He goes home after his time of service, and sure enough, his wife Elizabeth becomes pregnant. She goes into seclusion for five months. She also praises God for taking away the disgrace of not having children. Now, what does this have to do with Jesus? Well, we begin to find out. We are six months into Elizabeth's pregnancy when the scene shifts from the hill country of Judea, where Zechariah and Elizabeth live, to the village of Nazareth in Galilee. We meet a virgin named Mary. She is engaged to be married to Joseph, whom Luke tells us is a descendant of King David. Gabriel, the angel, appears again with a message, this time to Mary. Greetings, favored woman, the angel says. The Lord is with you. Mary is wondering what this could mean, and she's probably afraid as well. Guess what Gabriel's next words are? Don't be afraid. Then he delivers the message from God. Again, let me read this from the scriptures. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. That's from Luke chapter 1, verses 31 through 33. So, again, let's take a look at this message in detail. Mary is to have a baby, a son. She is given his name, Jesus. She is given his title, Son of the Most High. He will be given the throne of David, his ancestor, to reign forever. This must have astounded Mary. She was a teenage girl living in a poor village, which was not well thought of by many Jews. And an angel is coming to her with a message about a son she will have that resounds with prophetic words. But Mary, in her faithfulness, doesn't doubt. She merely asks, How? I've never slept with a man. Gabriel tells her that her son will come from God through the Holy Spirit, so that the baby to be born will be holy and called the Son of God. Now, let's define some terms here before we proceed. What does holy mean? Holy means that someone or something is to be set apart for use by Jehovah God. So this child is to be for God's use, similar to the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth. What about this term, son of God? Now, this is a term which is applied to Jesus throughout the stories of Jesus that we'll be recounting, and indeed throughout the New Testament. Since this child is from the Holy Spirit, and not from a man, he can truly be called the son of God. Wait a minute, this child is from the Holy Spirit? What does that mean? We'll be talking about the Holy Spirit all through this narrative. For now, let's just identify the Holy Spirit as the supernatural presence of God on this earth. You may not believe in the supernatural, and that's okay, but I don't know of any other term to really explain his presence. Know that this Holy Spirit is God, but as we'll discover later, we can't see him. We can only see the effects of his presence among us. Now, back to our story. Mary is still listening to the angel. He tells her that her relative Elizabeth is pregnant and in her sixth month. Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. So let's stop there. Let's summarize where we are. The old priest Zechariah is informed by the angel Gabriel that he and his old wife would have a child, who would be used by God. When he didn't believe the message, Zachariah was made mute. A young teen, Mary, is given the message that she is to have a baby, even though she isn't married and is a virgin. This child will be from God and for God's use. Mary accepts her message with a response that only could be described as one of faith. So, we have two babies to be dedicated to God, from two women who are related to each other. Well, we're out of time for this episode. Next episode, in two weeks, we'll pick the story up there. And yes, two babies will be born. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, thank you. This podcast is made possible because of you. Your donations allow me to spend the time creating, researching, writing, presenting, and producing this podcast. It's really easy to donate if you wish. You can become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash Jesus Stories. If you prefer another method of donation, I invite you to email me at JesusStories@outlook.com or send me a DM on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. You'll find links to all the social media accounts in the show notes on our website, jesusstories.com. Info. That's jesusstories.info. Tell me how you'd like to donate, and I'll get back with you. We'll see you in two weeks on the Jesus Story podcast. Be sure to follow us in your favorite podcast player, or check the website, jesusstories.info. We'll see you in two weeks.
0: Tell me the story of Jesus. On my heart, every word. Tell me the story, most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell how the angels in Most precious, that was Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty-nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty-nine a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon.